Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's going on, Wild Black family? This is Vince coming to you before an episode, so you know it must be something special. Listen, I want to introduce to you a very special episode of Wild Black. Now, what makes it special? I'm sure that's what you're thinking. I'm going to break it down. At the House, a partnership between Wild Black and the podcast You Had Me at Black. So just what is At the House? It's a miniseries inspired by the COVID-19 quarantine that features stories and expert advice to help us manage through these uncertain times. The entire six-part series will dive deep into topics that are relevant to your daily lives now, things that you're thinking about and dealing with as you manage through COVID-19. Things like both platonic love and romantic love and friendship and how they matter to you now because you're worried about people around you, because you need to connect and find support. In addition, how do you date during covid Or how do you manage all this new time that you're spending with your family? You're learning all these new things because every day, every hour, you're with them. Some things you like, some things maybe you don't. How do you cope with it? Now, here's some very specific information. How do you take advantage of this partnership? How do you maximize the benefit of at the house? There are only two steps you need to follow. Congrats, you're already doing it. You're tuned in to Wild Black right now, where we're about to have a conversation with an expert who's going to break down and provide you with all the pertinent information to today's topic. Step two, after you listen to Wild Black, make sure you go and search for You Had Me at Black, super dope podcast. On their side, they have they've curated, on their side, they've curated several dope personal narratives directly from their listeners, directly from their audience. And they're all about the same topic that we're discussing here. And we'll do this every other week for the next six weeks. I'm telling you, the two sides here, Wild Black and You Had Me at Black, they go together better than peanut butter and jelly. Hell, maybe better than fried fish and hot sauce. Maybe even better than Will and Jada. Either way, after you finish listening here, go over to You Had Me at Black. Check them out. Enjoy it. Peace. I work a lot with couples, and that is one of the main things that comes up, that regardless of how long they've been together, regardless of all these things, you should know that already. I used to do that years ago. I told you that 17 years ago. You should still know that today, that that's what I like or that's what I need from you, which really discounts. So one, there's a lot of ego in that because there's an assumption that you are thinking about me this much and all the time, that you can anticipate all of my needs at all times. So telling clients like, hey, that's that's your stuff that's getting kicked up, right? But two, it's this impossible assumption that people can read your mind, right? And it actually really limits you from being this really, you know, diverse, dynamic person who has different needs for different reasons. 
Nobody's going to be able to anticipate that. Even the person who loves you the most, even the person who sees you the most in your best and in your worst, they can't anticipate a lot of those things. So it's best to be able to share, this is what I'm looking for now. This is what will be really helpful for me now, for me now, for me now. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, people. Welcome back. You got Vince with you today. All right, back in the building once again. And we are back for episode two of At The House, which as you heard in the intro, is the collab between Wild Black and You Had Me At Black. And today we are talking about, you know what? So since we've been at home during this COVID quarantine, I am sure, I'm beyond sure because I've had it happen myself. I am sure that people listening have had the opportunity to learn new things that they love and maybe they don't love about their spouse, their children. Maybe their spouse feels that way about them, a friendly relationship. We are learning about the people we live with and communicate with in a far different way. Brother, tell them about it. Oh, wait. That, that, is, that is the 100% true. So this is what I say. I just realized how much I really love my wife with the amount of time that I'm spending with her every day, day in and day out. You got to I, love that I, person. Oh, you got to. It, it, it cannot be a doubt in your mind or in the world when you spend every day, waking, day, minute, hour, constantly for, hell, this is what, six weeks, seven weeks? Hey, it's a minute. That's crazy. Right now, it, someone is you, thinking escape sounds good. Maybe I, maybe I get corona. Maybe I go get some of that. <laughs> Maybe maybe I, I will risk it. It's it's worth risking it if you. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine man not having somebody right there that you actually like. Man, I can't imagine not having that in in a situation like this. So that that's I, I would say <laughs> this is a, a a really good time to reevaluate your position on Look, <laughs> your relationships. Positions are being reevaluated whether you know it or not because that person sitting next to you they are also like you know what I'm out. As soon as this shit is over, I'm gone. I can't deal with this fool no more. I'm gone. Like, literally. I, I, this is ridiculous. I can't <laughs> the rest of my life with this person. So, wh- while we go into the topic today of family discoveries and family dynamics, and as you learn all this stuff, as usual, we have brought an expert to the table who can help answer some of these questions. Maybe make us feel better about how we really feel. Maybe make us feel worse when she calls us on our bullshit. Who knows? But let me introduce her. Today's guest is Dr. Ayana Abrams. Dr. Ayan is a licensed clinical psychologist and the founder of Ascension Behavioral Health. She has an undergraduate degree in psychology as well as one in African-American studies. That is two for you all. That's one, two. In addition, she got a doctorate from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. That is three. That's a whole lot of education, a whole lot of school. She specializes in helping clients improve relationships through authenticity and assertiveness reduce unhealthy relationship patterns, and address mood disorders like anxiety, depression, and bipolar disorder. Another dope one for you all. Dr. Ayana, welcome Mm -hmm. to Wild Black. 
Hello, hello, hello. Why don't you take a few moments and tell the people just a little bit more about you, especially because I fumbled through that one today. <laughs> that, sounded, that sounded great. It was rough over there. I'm drinking. I'm trying to get this water down and clear this, this mouth up. It was, it was bad. You, you do it for me. You tell them who you are. <laughs> so as was already shared, I am a licensed clinical psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been in practice since 2012 um, after doing my um, internship and postdoc training at Emory University. And Atlanta just had me from there. I really enjoy being in practice. Um, so I see individuals, couples, and groups as my main specialty. Um, and my practice is probably 90 to 92% Black. Um, so I focus a lot on working with how Black people are navigating the world today. And I work with a lot of students, undergrad and graduate students, young professionals, older professionals, medical professionals. Um, and I deal with a lot of racism-based trauma in my office in terms mm. of microaggressions and how we are just living day to day and um, helping people with ways to <clears throat> be able to thrive, right? right. Navigating what is happening. So that's really great. And as part of my practice, I also do a lot of consultation with organizations, um, community talks. You'll see me running my mouth all over this city, um, helping people understand the importance of Black mental health. That's dope. Now, before we jump into this topic, I would love to formally and officially right now ask you, can we have you back to come talk about some of the race-based uh, trauma that you deal with? Did I say that right? Yes. Yeah. Race-based, racism-based trauma. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's limited research and there's a growing body of research um, uh, regarding that. But I work with, you know, people who are in or students who are in predominantly white institutions. And it comes up a lot in terms of classrooms, the workplaces, uh, being out and about, I know you, you might have heard about a recent story about somebody who was running while black yep. um, and the ways in which it presents a lot of stress to our physical and our mental well-being. Um, so really helping people understand that and process that and use our community um, to help us feel more empowered. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And there's so many things I want to ask and know about that. So we definitely have to have you come back on to, to focus specifically on that topic. But we got to get into this business. All right, brother, you ready to let these people <laughs> know Dr. Ayana just a little bit more? Hey, let's get it. Let's get it. Don't, don't, All right, don't, Dr. Ayana, you, you ready for these this, this wild black shit? It is an amazing set of questions that are designed to warm you up. And then our third and final question is all about... Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Our signature question that we ask every single guest. You ready to get started? I'm ready. You ready? That sounds Ooh, real confident. That, right like she was ready, ready. Mm -hmm. Ready. First question. First of three. Since we're talking about discoveries today. Let's center our wild black shit on the same topic. What is the worst discovery? And I'm going to give you four options. A, discovering that one of your children took the plastic off of Big Mama's couch and got a stain on the center cushion. And the center cushion, that's the one you can't really the move from side cushion. to side. Yes. That, it's right there. Mm -hmm. That's permanent. You can't get a replacement for that one. <laughs> so, or you can't, you, wait, the good thing is you can turn it around, though. Yeah. You got one go. Right. B, sitting down for dinner, fried fish, french fries, 
salad straight out the bag. You know we do. Carrots oh, and lettuce. Oh, there is no ranch and no damn hot sauce. Mm. Mm. B. Fish. Right. We know hot sauce. Who, who does that? C. <laughs> you have just started washing your hair and then discover that you left all your hair products in the hotel room after vacation. You, you keep mind, your hair is already wet and shampooed up. You ain't got no conditioner. You ain't got no, was it Miss Jessie's? Mm. You ain't got none of that. Whatever's out there, you ain't got none of it. No moisturizing oil. Right, none of that. You ain't got no stay fro, afro sheen, nothing. Mm. And the final, D, is date night. And you're all dolled up, ready to go. And you realize that you're fresh out of cocoa butter in the baby oil gel. And all you have is a couple small bottles of lotion you borrowed from a hotel during a random business trip. Mm. Which one of those is the worst discovery you can make? Worst discovery. Two of them I can do something with. Two of them I can I can I can figure out some stuff. I got coconut oil in the cabinet. We can figure that out. Okay. Pigs. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you gotta get Solutions. resourceful. You gotta get resourceful. Right. Um, so it was the hair. It was. You got Big dinner. Mama's couch. You got the fried fish with no hot sauce. You got the hair products, and you got it's time to go out, and you are out of all that good black folks lotion. How old am I with the couch? I'm grown. You grown? They, these are your kids that messed up the couch. Oh, right. It's my kids that messed up the couch. Okay. Okay. It's my kids that messed up the couch. Uh, that 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 couch is significant because more than likely we're not gonna find that pattern anywhere. These I'm days. trying to tell you. <laughs> It's that same, the normal worry. brown couch yeah. with the darker no, brown no flowers on it. Ain't no, yeah. Yep. That's, that's, that's real poster. I'm worried. I'm worried because she's attached to that specific. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. And Big Mama ain't grab, she she ain't grabbed the switch couch. off the tree in a minute. Somebody about to get towed out the frame. She's ready. Oh, yeah. She's ready. It's built she's up. Ready. So the so. kids, yeah, the kids is going to go out and get that switch. Oh, yeah. They finna catch it. Yeah. It's going to have to be. It's the couch. It's the couch because it's irreplaceable. Bro, and which, I'm going to hear about with? it all the time. So I'm starving right now. So for me to go downstairs <laughs> and, and not have any hot sauce with this fish, I'm 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 losing it. <laughs> hot sauce. I'm losing it. The hot sauce. That's it. I'm like, with, I kind of hinted to that when I read the question. You yeah, did. I can feel mine. the pain. <laughs> you, I can mm-hmm. feel it. I can feel yep. it. I'm with, I'm with Dr. Right Yana. Out. For me, it's, it's that couch because... When I wrote that, I had flashbacks to Ooh. my grandma Ruby's couch. And I swear to God, it, it's like she had the same couch for six for 42 years. And I ain't but 44, mm-hmm. so I really don't know. But it feels like it was that long. And it always had the plastic, and I never took it off. Mm-hmm. Never. I don't know how to take it off. Is I don't it, know if it, it comes easy off. easy to take it off? Oh, I don't either. I think it's, it's a part of the couch. I was going to say, it's become enmeshed with the couch. It's fused. 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Okay. You, you, I, I like Good. the answer you went with on that one, Doctor Yon. I'm with you okay. on that one. Yeah, yeah. People get attached to things, and things are irreplaceable. So now, yeah, you're gonna hear about that for the rest of Grandmama's life. So that's it's like, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two, what part of the country does the best hip hop come from? Oh, open ended. This is not multiple. This is not <laughs> right. Open ended. All this is all you. You yep. can tell she's an academic because most people are like I ain't got no choices. She like open ended. Yeah, I had to think. I said shit, open ended. What is that? Okay, I got it. I got it. We good. Keep on going. <laughs> the sentence structure, like what is this? most Negroes were like? Ain't no A B C did nothing. <laughs> right. You ain't got no options with this. What happened? 
So I'm from New Jersey and I'm tri-state all the way. So oh, I have here we to go. say wrong, New York. Here we go with the wrong answers. Slow it up. That's it. That there's well, there's went, one she, answer. She went with the origin. Yeah, I got to go. I got to go back home with that one. So, that too, New York. You too, brother? New York. Oh, yeah. I'm all out. It's easy. New York. Hey, Wahid. Now, are you talking about Wahid, pull the plug. This is over, bro. This is over. This interview is done. We're going to shut it down. <laughs> well, I mean, where, where would you? I know you can't say the South. Hey, man, all day long. Oh, no. All day long. Oh, no. I didn't say Oof. where the original. I said the best right now. No. The best. Right now? Right. Oh, right now? That's a different, you know, that's a matter different, fact, let, that's let me a take different it back. question. Historically, you got some dope stuff that came out of New York. Can't nobody touch what Atlanta's done, what the South has done. Man, Memphis, Texas, no. Louisiana? No. Stop Mm-mm. it. Stop Mm-mm. it. If you think about the body of work of the regions, it it, it has to be either the, the East Coast or the West Coast. West Coast. The, the South yeah. is going to be the third. Y'all. And I love, I, I mean, like right now, if, if that question was a right now question, I would say the South is running the entire rap and hip hop game, like hands down. But right, so when, when, we, when do you think that running thinking started? Thinking about hip hop? In the 90s. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's, the, the, long, it's the longest yeah. run by far. 90s. I mean, this is, this is like well, 99. there's been some overlap. Like, you know, there was still stuff pumping out of the yeah. when the, when the South think, showed up. Right, I think it started with back that ass up. Mm. Mm. This before that, mm. you got to you got to go back. It might have been a little bit before. Cause, that. Cause you talking outcast, Southern playlist, the Cadillac I was, just, I was music. thinking, yeah, Stop I'm thinking it. outcast before I'm thinking uh, Cash Money. Mm. Mm. So, so mm. you know what? Ask question number three before you end up fighting. That's one group. That's one group though. <laughs> um, yeah, um, mm, no. Mm, no. And I can only um, hang for about three more minutes in that conversation. So y'all right. take it away. Now look, I asked that question because I knew Art was gonna come with the New York. You were the wild card. You let me down, so oh. put that out there. But I knew it'd be a good conversation. Hey, it's it's hard when you write. Yeah. <laughs> All right, third question. Third question. This is a signature question. What do you love most about life while black? And yes, that's mm-hmm. open-ended. What do I love? <laughs> What do I love most about life while black? Mm-hmm. That's a tough one, not because I don't have an answer, but because there are so many different things. True. What do I, what do I love? Take your time. The creativity. Yeah. And when I say the creativity, I'm a mental health you know, person, so it's always going to go back to that. So I don't just mean creativity in terms of art and color, and not to diminish any of that, but in terms of like art and colors and graphic, but creativity in terms of where we pull our coping from. Yeah. We've had to be the most creative with our resilience. And I think that's something that you only see in our culture. Yeah. Because of what we've had to do and for the length of time we've had to do it. But we will always be the most creative with how we heal and where we get it from and who we get it from. Um, and kind of expanding that. And I, that that is something that... One, it can't be taken away, but two, it's we're just getting more and more, in, more and more innovative with that creativity. That is the mm. dopest, dopest thing I can pull right now about being black. I love that answer. It makes <laughs> us unstoppable. Right, it's like a superpower. Yeah, it makes us unstoppable, which is why we have been unstoppable. We are on, I don't know, episode eighty something, and I think that's the first time we've heard it put that way, and. And this is not a knock to anyone. You hear a lot of the same kind of things kind of brought back up over and over. And then some outliers. But I think that's the first time 
we've heard creativity being tied to our ability to cope, manage, and survive. And I think it's really cool because it's true. And I never thought about it that way before. That is really, really true. Yeah, interesting. It's, it's, it's as if it is the source of our resilience is mm. the creativity. Is the creativity. Yeah. I like that. Cool. Well, with that, I'm going to jump into our dope quote. And the dope okay. quote anchors the episode. It is more than likely out of the mouth of someone black from history, philosophy, religion, entertainment, education, anywhere where black folks are speaking and we writing it down. And it always has a tremendous impact and tie back to the episode. Today's no different. Although today is, I think, the funniest. And on top of that, this one doesn't come from anything that's old. This, this came from a conversation I had with a friend of mine last week. And when she said it, I broke up laughing and I just thought it was too applicable. So I wrote it down. So I'm not going to give her name because I don't want to get her in trouble. But here's the dope quote. Listen to it and then give me your thoughts on it. This pandemic and all of this one-on-one time has allowed me to learn so much about the man I chose as my husband over 10 years ago. It has reaffirmed a few things and confirmed others. It has reaffirmed for me just how much I truly do love him and confirmed exactly how much I will miss him after I kill him later tonight. I read that for you. (laughs) I read it one more time. This pandemic (laughs) and all of this one-on-one time has allowed me to learn so much about the man I chose as my husband over 10 years ago. It has reaffirmed a few things and confirmed a few others. It has reaffirmed just how much I truly do love him and confirmed exactly how much I will miss him after I kill him later tonight. Hey, y'all know that's, that's, that's Vince's wife. That's the author of that. <laughs> that's the author of that. That's real. Mm-hmm. That's she probably real. does feel that way. Mm-hmm. But I my think baby it speaks to a, a, what a lot of people are feeling. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's just real. And then obviously people have different words for saying the same thing, but the things that we are learning, the things that we thought we learned, the things that we tried to ignore. Um, and now that we are confronted with, because we are spending so much time with whoever these people are, yeah. um, takes you on a bit of a roller coaster. It and does. some of it is grounding people and some of it is tearing people apart. And then they're cycling through that. Yeah. That every yeah. other hour they can feel closer and then feel disconnected when they remember something else. So that, that really just speaks to the cycle of how this pandemic has felt for most of us. Yeah, to me, it just felt so scarily true. It's like you sit down, like like Art was speaking about early on, you're spending all this time. Granted, you chose this person, right? You chose to spend the rest of your life with this person, right? Or you had this child, or you, mm-hmm. it's this one roommate, but you chose to be next to this person. And now you are learning so much more than I think we ever thought we truly would learn. And on top of that, I, I think we thought we already knew a ton about them. I know personally, I'm learning loads about, about my wife. And granted, we don't get to spend as much time together because she's in the medical field, so she'll, she's still going to work. But right. the conversations we're having, the time at home, like there's, there's a lot being uncovered. And some of it's great, some of it's not so great. But in my relationship, in my marriage, I think it's a beautiful thing because we are, we are built to continue this thing together. So I'm enjoying the learning. That's me. <clears throat> but what, what, that, what that kicks up for me is actually the very first question I want to start with today. So thinking about the dope quote and how it does such a great job of, of introducing this duality that exists 
from all this extra time we're spending together, right? You're, you're loving and there's a part of you who's disliking. I don't want to necessarily use the word hating, but you're definitely loving mm-hmm. and disliking what's coming from this one source, this one person, whether it's your husband, your mother, your children, your best friend, any of that. And how, how do we, how do we handle the duality of emotion that may result from all this togetherness? How do we keep moving forward as we're kind of pulled back and forth between the great things and the bad things? That's a good question in terms of the the duality of it and the cycling of it that people are struggling with the most because it feels like you, like you said, one does, it not only feels like you know this person or should know this person, but when some things, as some things are being revealed in different ways, it's throwing a lot of our senses off of what we did know, what we wanted to know, what we didn't want to know. And the, the best way I think that could be helpful to deal with the duality is one, to allow it to happen. Right. Right, that oftentimes we have this kind of one view of either who we are or who another person is because that's what we're used to, that's what we're more familiar with, that's what we like, versus allowing ourselves to see people as dynamic people. Right. Right. That they also have a cycling of emotions. And to to I'm hearing even a lot of conversations where we're removing the context of this being a pandemic, that people are forgetting that we are in a state of crisis. So what we are seeing of people um, is is a lot of times concretely related to how they manage this kind of crisis. So it makes sense that these are things that you have not seen before because we don't know how to do pandemic, right? So all of us are doing our best to figure some of this out. So in ways in which your partner might be seeing new sides of you, those might also be new sides to you because you've never had to deal with something like this before. So that's why I say to, to be able to be present with and kind of offer some grace around the differences that you might see, especially in terms of the cycling, because this is, this is completely unknown territory, yeah. right? For not even, I was going to say for most of us, but for all of us. Right. And the best way to manage that duality is to allow it to kind of come and go and flow and, in, and practice a, a curiosity yeah. about it versus a judgment. I like right? that. And curiosity says, you know, oh, I wonder what that's about. I haven't seen that before. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Curiosity says, oh, I wonder when that pattern started or if that's something that was there before, but I hadn't seen it. There's a lot more room for processing when you're curious versus I never saw that before. That shouldn't be happening. You never did that before. Why are you doing it now? Right. Right. So again, curiosity allows a lot more room. It creates a lot more openness in terms of conversation. Um, There's just a there's more um, flexibility when it comes to curiosity versus kind of the rigidity the, the rigidity that says this shouldn't be happening or this should be happening this way. I think that really puts us in a box that doesn't really suit us right now because again, none of us know how to do pandemic yeah. and none of us are going to adjust to this anytime soon. I like that approach. I like the approach around curiosity and the simple fact that this is new for everybody. This yeah. is not like a, a there may there may be some unknown, you know, things that appear or emerge in your your spouse, significant other, or kids 
that are truly, you truly have never seen them before. It's, mm-hmm. It is unrelated to what your experience has been, but it is maybe their re- reaction and response to this whole coronavirus thing, which is, shit, it's a hell of a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. all across <laughs> everybody, right? So it, you could see some things emerge. So curiosity probably is the, maybe the, the, the thing we should be thinking about before you get to the point of killing somebody. Yes. <laughs> Try that first. Try that right. first. So something you, you both said kind of brought me back to the same question. Um, Art, you talked about the anxiety. Dr. Ayana, you talked about this being a, a real crisis and nothing that we've experienced before. And for me, it, it took me back to some of the conversations that we've had at work. And, and I think some of us have the type of jobs who, who may actually do a better job at helping to build positive communication than we do in our home lives. And the reason I say that is because at one of my past employers, we spent a lot of time understanding our behaviors, both our everyday normal behavior that you may show 80% of the time, but then spending a good bit of time um, against your stress behavior, how you may react when you're under extreme stress. And that may represent 20% of the time that you are, you're active. So in, in this case, how much does stress behavior factor into our relationships with all these people around us, right? Because if we go back to the fact that anxiety is high and this is a crisis, then it leads me to believe some of us may be acting outside of our normal and embracing our stressed behavior. How do we manage that? I think in terms of right now, um, it can be seen that it is a huge factor for us to be able to consider and to be able to process with our family members, partners, whoever you're in the space with, what is coming up for them. One thing that that couples and families kind of lose the art of over time when they've you know moved through the dating phase or they've kind of just gotten used to this that companies do is that we have regular check-ins and evaluations of how you are functioning in this role. Right. So whether that be a semi-annual review or evaluation, whether that be a annual review or evaluation, there's a system of kind of checks and balances that this is what I would either like or expect from you or this is what I'm looking for. And this is where you're measuring up in these ways. And let's talk about if it's not happening, let's get there. Right. Same things we can do and offer ourselves in terms of stress, anxiety, any of those coping mechanisms or coping responses to be able to help the other person understand what's happening for us internally. What happens a lot of times is that we make assumptions on what someone else is going through or kind of what they should be doing with their stress. So because when I'm stressed, I might go and watch a lot of TV, I don't have really an understanding of you complaining that you can't go outside as much. Well, why would you need to go outside? You could just be here watching TV Uh with me. It completely misses that mark of, oh, that's what you need. And we get to be different people in this and see where we're able to meet in the middle. And a lot of that kind of, again, collective or relational management comes through being able to communicate openly about what is actually going on, not what I think is going on, not what I want to be happening, not what I assume is going on. But for me to actually have a, um, to be able to get in, actively listen to what you are experiencing and what you need in this moment, because a lot of our different needs are also showing up, right? So for some people, obviously, they they might have similar ways of um, coping and managing stress. And those are maybe some things that have brought them together over time. They do the same things to relieve anxiety or to deal with work stress. But a lot of us have different coping mechanisms. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we have to understand them and approve of them um, to be able to empathize with them and to allow that person to do whatever that thing is, as long as it's not something that is offensive or aggressive or undermining our health in any way. 
So that's where you can set your boundaries around like, hey, if your stress or I mean, if you, if the way in which you cope with your stress um, actually is offensive to me or hurts me in some way, mm-hmm. then we have a different kind of conversation around it. But if it's different than mine, again, looking for some of that room in terms of curiosity and vulnerability that says, right. oh, if that's what you're needing, what's a way in which we can actually work together towards that? Do you have any thoughts vice on versa. Do you have any thoughts on how we start those conversations? Similar to um, the five love languages is something that so many mm-hmm. people have adopted and understand and, and know how to start that conversation with a simple test to understand what your love language is and then to be able to communicate that to your partner. In this case, when we're talking about potentially parental relationships, uh, mother-daughter, parent-children relationships, spousal mm-hmm. relationships, how do you start the conversation of how you need to be communicated with and how you need to be understood. I think a lot of people look for like really profound ways to have these conversations with like big language that has to kind of come from a book in some way, but asking seemingly simpler questions around how are you feeling? What would be helpful for you right now? Starting a conversation if you're expressing about, if you're expressing what you're going through, I'm feeling really stressed. What would be great for me right now is blank. Right. So so actually kind of slicing it as thin as possible and just telling the truth and being transparent is your best ticket in terms of communication. You don't have to line up all these other things with it and all these explanations around it. But oftentimes people feel heard and seen when you ask them direct Hmm. questions without all of the fluff in there, because you get lost in the fluff, you get lost in the approach and you really miss um, the the depths of the conversation or what someone is trying to either offer you or share with you at that time. See, Doc, I was I was looking for the the one template, the one Mm-mm. pager that said the personal relationship evaluator COVID nineteen version twenty twenty dot com. Right, you make right. it yours because once they see that you're doing something and they can tell it's not yours, that's already going to get in the way of the conversation. All right, so you make it yours and you put it in your own language, right? Even if you recognize that you're doing something different, it doesn't have to be any more profound than I feel blank, right? What I notice with not even just a lot of clients, but a lot of people, we say I feel and then we actually give you a thought. I feel like you, uh, I feel like this is the, and I'm like, as soon as you say that, you're talking about a thought, you're back up in your head, right? If you're going to say I feel, you want to follow that with a feeling. I feel stressed. We have to do this like uh, Dr. Clifford Jones from Friendship Missionary Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. He says, can I talk plain (laughs) to you for a moment? We got to talk plain. Yes. Talk plain. (laughs) Okay, Clifford Jones. I see you. Break all that stuff down, right? And actually talk about in that moment. Right. But the other piece I want to add to that is that it takes practice. This is not really part of a lot of our repertoire. So it might not feel smooth when it first comes out, right? But that's where practice comes in. You get better and better at doing that. And in you doing that, it gives your partner, your family member, your child permission to meet you in the conversation. How do you avoid being labeled a complainer when you're trying to get that practice in? Here's the thing. You can't avoid and you can't control what other people do or think about you. Say that again. We swear we can. We swear we're mind reading. Oh, you really wanted me to say it again? Okay, let me say it again. You can't avoid, <laughs> you can't avoid, and you can't control what yeah, other people one. think or say or do, right? So even in your, in your question, like, how can you avoid them saying this about you? You can't because the work isn't about them, uh-huh. right? If this is about you engaging in this practice and you asserting your needs and you wanting to be clear about what you do need to give people the opportunity to meet your needs, you say it. 
and you say it clearly and you say it assertively. If somebody comes back and calls you a complainer, that tells you a lot more about them than it does about you. Can you punch them in the throat? I mean, probably not. You, okay, never I, because I can't control you. You can. <laughs> you can. I can't tell you anything about the consequences. Repercussions, baby. Do. It's coming. <laughs> you, you, you can do what you can do. You can punch them in the throat, but you can't control what they do afterwards to defend themselves. That's right. Right? She she answered that like on. a psychologist right then. You know, I can't tell you. You know, of course you can. You're free to. You could. You can do anything. <laughs> you can do anything. The the best answer that you usually get from therapists is it depends. I can't give you no straight answer because I don't know you. I don't know them. I don't know they. I don't know their trauma. I don't know. Right. You can do whatever you go do. Um, but again, if we go into conversations trying to control what the other person does, that really silences us yeah. from being truthful or being transparent about what we need. I like that. I you like know what that. I like about that answer, though? It wasn't no. <laughs> right. <laughs> it wasn't like, no, you can't do that. Like, no. But look, had, had we been a person, that's when she'd roll that little pad like they do in the movies. He's crazy. Uh-huh. Right. right. Write notes to yourself, right. smile, we'll, and get him the hell out of your arms. Notice, we'll punch somebody in the throat. <laughs> I keep all my notes. I keep all my notes in my head so you can't take me to court. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> so we do. All right. So I, I want to ask a different question. I did mm-hmm. a couple of pre-interviews for this interview, just asking people questions about what they were feeling and how it had been managing all this new time, right? And I was kind of surprised at one of the themes that came back often, right? And that theme was people dealing with shame. But the shame is, it's built from, I live with this person, I birthed this person, I'm raising this person, I love this person, and I'm learning all these new things about this person that now I'm thinking I should have known the entire time. Was I taking them for granted? Was I not paying enough attention? And because I now feel this shame, I don't even know how to address it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, shame is the number one silencer. How do you work past that? Researchers have shown, right, that the the best antidote to shame is vulnerability and just and being honest about that. Right. And this is always, 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 always easier said than done. Right. <clears throat> but the the antidote to navigate that shame is to be transparent and be able to offer that vulnerability that says, I just realized this about you and I'm feeling some type of way that I didn't realize this before. Right. I wish I would have I wish I was paying more attention, you know, over these years or over this or this, because I really like seeing you do this. Right. I wish I would I wish I would have known that about you before because I also do this in some way. But it does require you to take that initial risk of saying, I didn't know this and I feel something about it. You can attach that too, but now that I know this, this is what I want to do with it because it's important to me or right. because you're important to me. We have to maintain focus that we can't control how they feel once they receive that information. Can't control how they feel. I'm learning. Cannot control how they feel. But you, in practicing that vulnerability, that's what really helps you navigate the shame. Because once your voice is on it and once you remove the power of the shame, no one else can shame you for it. Right? You can't shame me for something I don't feel shame about. That's interesting. And the best way to navigate that is to process it, to confront it, to own it, to take responsibility and say, I was not paying attention before. I didn't know that thing about you. I was so caught up in this that I missed those things about you. But now that I realize this, this is what I want to do about it. 
that's a totally different conversation that doesn't require you to avoid it and then act like you didn't know. So now the person still doesn't feel seen by you, right? It actually gives you an opportunity to get into the conversation with them, but you got to take that risk. And oftentimes people are trying to communicate and get really close and create depth in our relationships without the vulnerability. And that's why our relationships don't go much further, right? That's why you're in spaces with people who you might like a little bit, but you don't like them a lot or you don't love, right? right? Because you haven't practiced that vulnerability. That is the way you get to the depths of that kind of love. And in a time like this, with the pandemic, we can't really lean on the likes of people. We have to lean on the ways in which we love you because that's what keeps Mm. you here. That is so true. That is the really like, ain't like get you is through just this. not enough, right? No, the like is not going to get you through this. The love will. The love, because that requires a level of commitment, a level of discipline, a level of honoring what we have here together. That's what's going to keep us through these times. I love that. And it is so, so when you damn here true. With Quarantine Bay, who you just mm-hmm. met, and you, you, you like him a little bit, this, this, this ain't going to work. That might the like be is going to wear in off. The throat. The like is going to wear off as it does in any kind of relationship. It will wear off. All right. So I I want to, um, I want to step outside the boundaries of like um, a relationship in the form of dating or or spousal. And I want to talk about extended family a little bit. For this one, I want to use an example. And listeners, if you remember, this is episode two of At the House. that we're doing in combination and partnership with the podcast, You Had Me at Black. And on their side, they're dropping narratives, personal narratives that tie back into the theme that we're discussing today. And one of the stories that you'll hear on this episode of You Had Me at Black is about a woman named Amber. And it's funny and frustrating, her story is. Um, But I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. Now, Dr. Ayana from, for your memory, Amber was the one who set up the Zoom call for her grandmother. Mm, with her grandmother. Right. And what happened here is after she helped her grandmother to figure out how to connect with people, her, her grandmother went Zoom crazy. She actually called, her grandmother calls it Zooming now. And, and what it means, let me hit that mute good button there. And what it means is that she's setting up Zoom meetings for everything, for birthdays, for tea, for everything in the world. She's Zooming with people. And Amber, her granddaughter, is now feeling a lot of joy, and feeling great that she showed her grandmother how to connect. But at the same time, she's dealing with some frustration because her grandmother now always wants to connect. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. So when you find yourself in a situation like that where something that you've done causes you joy but also causes you pain in this environment where these relationships that are close to us and based in love, not like, like you said, are hyper important, mm-hmm. How do you manage through something like that? I gave you this new tool, this toy, and now it's irritating me, but I love the fact that I gave it to you. So this brings up one of my favorite, favorite topics, which is boundaries, right? So what I'm hearing that Amber is experiencing is now that I have shown or kind of exposed grandma to this, grandma in this really, really sweet way wants to talk to me all the time, right? right. So Amber's feeling, and so I think on two parts, Amber's feeling some level of guilt, like I created this. <laughs> I did this. I created this, this, this monster. Is, this is, right? I created this. 
but also experiencing, you know, some feelings about how connected she was to grandmother before versus now. And it seemed like a little bit of her um, guilt or shame about how disconnected she was before is playing a role in her just kind of open access to grandma now. So it's really hard for Amber to set boundaries. I love, when I I say I love a good boundary, I love a good boundary, (laughs) right? And that's going to be Amber's tool right now, that Amber gets to say, hey, I really love spending time with you. I love that you get to do this or this or this, but I'm a little bit zoomed out this week. I'm a little bit zoomed out today. Can we do this? Can we, you know, connect tonight or tomorrow? I'm feeling a bit fatigued. I'm tired. I'm this or this. Whichever way in which you will set the boundary so that she doesn't become resentful of grandma in the Zoom because mm. that's the path that she's leading on because she's uncomfortable setting the boundary. Mm. I imagine she's worried about that grandma's feelings will be hurt or grandma will feel rejected. But those feelings are grandma's issue to deal with, not Amber's issue to mm. deal with. And we get into these patterns a lot when it comes to our parents, when it comes to older extended family, <clears throat> where we don't think it's okay or we've been taught that it's not okay to set boundaries because someone else wants something from us. Right. Right. Meaning well, whether they're meaning well, whether they're not meaning well, we take that all and we make this decision that I can't say no. Right. But the only way to actually remain connected in an authentic and in a deep way with grandma is to set boundaries so she doesn't get burnt out on Zoom. That's so interesting how you put it. That's the best way for her to deal with it. And she can be transparent about that. It doesn't doesn't mean that she has to now go in, you know, straight from the gut saying, Grandma, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of you zooming all over the place. I don't want to do this with you no more. It doesn't even have to be like that, (laughs) right? It can be, Grandma, again, love talking to you, not available at that time, but would be open to doing that between 8 and 8.30 tonight. Grandma, you know, I don't have availability tonight, but let's join on tomorrow morning for breakfast. Whatever it might be, those are all different iterations of her setting a boundary, right? Because again, that can help her prevent herself from getting really resentful of Grandma. Right, and then she, dreading that every day because grandma's calling her five times. But Amber needs to be put, careful not to put grandma on a, on a schedule. Grandma, yeah, if you call me one more time, it's going to be smoke <laughs> in the city, grandma. Right? You hear me? It's going to be some motherfucking furniture, right. grandma. So before you have to get all the way there, set up a schedule with grandma and collaborate with her. Grandma, let's do Zoom once a day or twice a week. I know you love, I know you love, love, love this. But based on my schedule or based on this or this, and I really want to talk to you. I love talking to you every week. I miss you. Let's set this up and collaborate on it so that when I'm on Zoom, I actually enjoy talking to you versus just trying to get through it because this is what grandma needs from me. Grandma doesn't I love how you smooth that. You were like, let's set up the schedule and now grandma yes. going to stick to it. Then yes. it, then it. Didn't it sound like a finesse right there? Didn't it? Nice. Yes. That was yes. that made me want to. That made me want to zoom with grandma <laughs> at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night. Yes, set a boundary with grandma. So when I tell my clients, I tell everybody can get these boundaries. It doesn't matter. Who she said everybody you are. can get these boundaries. Everybody can get these boundaries. It's okay, right? Grandma, be oh, alright. That. that is super cool. So we have to remember in this time when communication has become key because we're not leaving. Mm-hmm to still protect ourselves, right? To to be very mindful of what we can do, when we can do it. I can't watch a movie. This is probably my wife. Like, I cannot watch a movie with you every single night. If you ask me again, throat punch. <laughs> it's coming. Her boundary comes with consequence. And that's right. the other piece that depending on who you're setting the boundary with, hey, if this keeps happening, I'm going to do this. So, Dr. Yana, I kind of want to ask the opposite side to that question now. Okay. So again, going back to how important it is that we find ways to connect with people right now, 
How do you handle the situation when you are trying to connect with someone, you are trying to dig deeper into who they are, why they are, and you're not getting there? How do you, how do you finesse from your side? How do you get closer to learning more about the people around you, friends, family, whatever the case may be? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You can't get closer to someone than they're willing to let you get close to them. Mm. They got their boundaries up. They got their boundaries up. So what you can ask them about is like, hey, I've noticed when I've tried to ask you about this or this or this, you give me a one-liner. This or like, or you say the same thing every time. What's that about? Mm. That's where you can go with it. But you cannot make you cannot get closer to somebody who is not willing to get close to you. You cannot get information about somebody who has not shared that information with you. Well, outside of when you go yeah. to a real dangerous place of stalking. But like, right? But in terms of trying to access that level of emotional intimacy, right. that's a two-way street. You cannot do that by yourself. And what's really hard for people to do is to accept that this person might not want the same thing that I do or the way in which they want it looks different, maybe because their love language is different than mm. mine. But yeah. it does require you to, one, accept where they are or accept their... <clears throat> level of communication or level of emotional depth or intimacy. And two, you have to grieve this relationship that you want from them. Right. That's oftentimes what we don't do. Because if you are still, if any, if anybody would come to me and say, I'm still trying to get closer and do all these things, that tells me that you haven't accepted and grieved what you can't get from them. And you're trying to force it. Mm. Which is actually going to have the opposite impact. You're going to push them away. Yeah. I, I, can, mm. I can see that one. I can understand that. So there's a dynamic that we talk about a lot on our end called the pursuer distancer dynamic. So people who pursue in the relationship tend to ask more questions. They tend to um, be more curious. They say, this is what I want. This is what I need to feel loved or liked or connected to you. And they pursue, pursue, pursue. Right. You have the withdrawer, right? That when they become overwhelmed, they try to get away from you. So it literally can create this chase around the house where I'm pursuing and I'm knocking on the door to get into your room. You leave your room, you go to the living room. I follow you to the living room. I'm still trying to find out what happened. You're so overwhelmed because I'm chasing you around. You now go and lock yourself in the bathroom. I'm knocking on the bathroom door, still trying to talk to you, right? It, it is literally a chase around the house mm. because you haven't accepted that this person is not in a space to give me what I'm asking for. And I have to figure out how to deal with that. Well, that's some self-reflection for your ass right there, boy. It is exhausting. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I'd be like, that, that, that is a throat punch right there. That, <laughs> that, that's all you can do to get away. <laughs> Wow, And that's what some people are dealing with right now because they don't have their other options for creating distance and, and mm-hmm. uh, there are no safe you know, spaces, coping no outside commutes. of the house. There's, there's, depending on what kind of space you live in, your options are really, really limited right now. Depending on um, your health, your options are really, really limited right now. So people are going in closets, right? People are going in attics. People are stepping outside and onto their porch or into their car. Right. Those are those are real live options for people right now just to be able to get some space because that helps them to function. That helps them to breathe, exhaust all those options right now because we need them. Hmm. What yeah. advice do you have for the people who are dealing with that right now? Outside of going to the closet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that's an option. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so one, obviously, you have an opportunity to talk to whoever it is that's doing the pursuing or whoever it is that's crossing that boundary or share with them that this is what's happening for you. And you need some space, some time, finding spaces in your, in your space, whatever that looks like. Um, really co- trying your best to cooperate or collaborate with whoever's in the household right. about when and which you might need some downtime. If you know that you, you know, are best when you have you know, at least 30 minutes in the morning to yourself, Make that known to other people. That doesn't have to be some secret thing that you do over there. Hey, 
when I wake up in the morning, it's really helpful for me to have 30 minutes just to myself. Can we, can we all get that together? Is there a way that you all can help me get that? Because I'm a much better person throughout the day. I'll be nicer to myself and I'll be nicer to you if I just get that moment at the beginning, right? Mm. Or right before dinner, you know, just me having 10 minutes to go step outside and you all take care of yourselves right here would be really, really helpful for me to give me a break between my work day right. and my home life because everything has collided, right? So make your boundaries really explicit. Ask for what you need. It makes it more likely that people can actually give you what you need versus assuming that they should just do that and they should just know. How often do you see people fail to do that because they feel like the other person should already know? Every day. Yeah. Every day. Um, I work a lot with couples. And that is one of the main things that comes up, that regardless of how long they've been together, regardless of all these things, you should know that already. I used to do that years ago. I told you that 17 years ago. You should still know that today, that that's what I like or that's what I need from you, which really discounts. So one, there's a lot of ego in that because there's an assumption that you are thinking about me this much and all the time, that you can anticipate all of my needs at all times. Right. <laughs> so I take, that. It, it, there's a whole bunch right. of ego in that, right? So telling clients like, hey, that's, that's your stuff that's getting kicked up, right? But two, it's this impossible assumption that people can read your mind, right? And it actually really limits you from being this really, you know, diverse, dynamic person who has different needs for different reasons. Nobody's going to be able to anticipate that. Even the person who loves you the most, even the person who sees you the most in your best and in your worst, they can't anticipate a lot of those things. So it's best to be able to share, this is what I'm looking for now. This is what will be really helpful for me now. Because if we go based on this notion that other people are thinking about me all the time, we get disappointed, right? So the other piece with that is that I ask clients, like, so is that working for you? Like, tell me when that works, when you say to her, that she should just know this. Tell me when that actually has worked for you in your marriage, right? And when you kind of, then they're just like, well, that actually doesn't work. Because the reason we're even having this conversation is because she didn't know what to do and she hurt my feelings or something like that. Dr. Yana, um, so I'm that assumption, Yes. You are like a psychology ninja, Jedi master, <laughs> Sith warrior. Like, like you, you are I like, you wielding this thing. I'm, I'm in here like, man, I, I need to be better in myself. <laughs> Right. Look, look, are you, are you, are you analyzing? Like, are you in your brain right I'm now? Like, in my hmm. head. Like, damn, I did yeah. that yesterday. Yep. Yes. This damn is it. my jam. This is the stuff that I love. When you're into stuff you love, I'm reading about it. I'm writing about it. I'm watching TV. I'm pulling out the themes that are happening. Because this is real stuff that people are dealing with, whether they're talking about it or not. This yes. is really common in relationships. It's like right now, I want to text my wife. Like, I'm sorry. She's going to say, for what? I'm like, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. I'm I'm just sorry. sorry. I'm just sorry. Listen to the episode. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll caution you there because... (laughs) Look, I got in trouble again. I'm not... (laughs) Yep. See, I'm not even going to get on the hold. We got multiple parts to an apology and oftentimes we're missing the other two parts. So, you go ahead. (laughs) Wow. I want to go back to You Had Me at Black. They have one narrative and I'm going to mess his name up. It's Nye or Nay. Forgive me. Nye. Nye. I think I heard that one. Yep. Thank you. And... He talked about something that I thought was really, really interesting, right? So we tend to love to put people in boxes. And once they're in that box, it is locked tight. The only person that can get out of that box is Lauryn Hill. They let her sing and rap, (laughs) right? She's the only person in black history to get out the box. See, they didn't even really let Michael Jordan out the box. That's a side thing. So we put people in, in boxes. And in this case, he went home to stay with his parents during this pandemic. 
Um, and what he what he began to notice while he was there was the father that he knew wasn't necessarily the father who lived there now. His father was doing things differently, eating differently, taking care of his wife differently. He was loving her differently. And Nye began to appreciate it and, and see it and understand it. And I thought it was super cool that he was big enough to let his father out that box. But how can we be better as individuals and not contain people in the boxes we put them in? How do we let them expand in our minds to be who they truly are? I really like that story because it, it reminds me of the conversation we were just having about curiosity, right? That when we are in a place of observation and not interrupting what people are doing and how they are, we get so much more information about them, right? So observation and active listening, because you get to hear people say things about themselves in their own words. You get to see them in their natural habitats. And that's what he was seeing. But this didn't seem like it was something different that his dad was doing for his mom, but he just wasn't paying attention to it in that same way before, or that wasn't for him to see. It's not something he was doing for him. Right. So being able to have that moment where you just allow people to be who they are really allows you to get a sense of who they are at their core. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Again, without your disruption, without your judgment, even though it has, their, has your gaze on it, people feel most comfortable doing the things that we naturally do. Right. Right. So the ways in which we're noticing that come up with um, families now when it comes to children, when it comes to parents, when it comes to partners, is just putting out a listening ear, just kind of turning your gaze towards what people are doing. Like I've heard comments from some people, I've seen some stuff online like, I didn't realize, you know, that my husband was the one that, you know, said things like, okay, we checked the box, we're good to go. Like I didn't realize that my husband was a, we're good to go in meetings. I would have never known that. (laughs) Right? right? Because I only see him in this one way, right? I only see him in this, right? Oh, we're, we're G to G? Yeah, we're G to G. Who is this guy? Like, and literally, like, who is this person? But like, oh, okay, the ways in which I see this person are related to my relationship with them. But recognizing that people play so many different roles. And if we allow them to play all those roles, then we can actually integrate it, right? That if I am here with my partner, not only is he my partner, but he's also a brother. He's a son. He's a co-worker. Right. Um, he's a friend. He's all these different roles. And if we just allow ourselves to just get a little quieter, just just get quieter and just practice observing, we will learn so much more about people. But what happens often now is that we're so busy speaking. We're so busy commenting on stuff. We're so busy giving our two cents about things that it really disrupts people from being who they are. I love that. I absolutely love that. Like, let's be still 
and be cool. Let's practice. Like my grandmother used to say, where are your listening? She said curse words all around it too. But where are your listening <laughs> ears? Yes. Like put those. Yes. Active listening mm-hmm. is so important. And we, we've really lost the art of active listening because we're too busy focusing on what we need to say next about this thing or what we need to, um, you know, kind of rebut with when this person has said a thing. And we really lose the connection with people because yeah. we're not listening to them anymore. We're not paying attention to them. Yeah. Not what we want to see of them, but just them. Active listening, open-ended conversations. I'm, getting, I'm going to be improved by the time this episode is over. <laughs> and works really great with kids. Me too. Kids love just being heard and listened to. Like, watch what your kids do. You'll learn a lot about them and how they problem solve. You'll learn so much about them. Yeah. My son is, never mind, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, I, I really only have one, one last kind of capture it all question, right? So if it were up to you and you could talk to everyone about what's happening right now, how we are managing through this pandemic and how we are managing our relationships, What's the one thing that you really think people need to know and understand as we continue to live together and communicate in this new world that's so different than it was just three months ago? What's the one thing that has changed, that is different, that we need to do more of or understand or be better at if you could push that on all of us? My biggest thing is, is having room for compassion for yourself and for other people. Mm. The compassion, the the honoring of this being our first time doing this. So we're not getting this right or wrong. We're just here. Um, But that kind of present process that says, hey, I see you trying to do your best. I see, I feel me trying to do my best. Let's see if we can figure this out together. I think compassion is huge. And again, something that we don't learn or learn very well. Um, It's something that we don't practice actively for ourselves and for other people. And I think compassion will go a long way to figuring this all out together. I love that. Giving yourself room for this to be the first pandemic you've ever been in. And you're confused and you're, again, you're literally navigating this psychological threat. And if we don't really give ourselves compassion around this, this is going to be a lot harder for for us. We do not have the answer. So we need to be more compassionate with ourselves and others as we try to figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, brother, you got anything, man? I think that's a great way to end it. I agree. I agree. Yeah, beautiful. Dr. Ayana, um, first, thank you so much for coming Absolutely. and spending this time with us. We we greatly appreciate you. Um, we always hand over the microphone to our guest at the end and just give you the opportunity to say to our listeners whatever it is that you want to say to them. Uh, in addition, I'd love it if you could share your information, how they can follow you, uh, whether through your practice, whether through your personal outreach, however you want people to track you, follow you, interact with you. I'd love for you to share that as well. And with that, the, the floor is yours. Um, there's so many things I'd like to say that this this talk brought up to me. Um, <laughs> but one thing I'd like to, to say and just offer to um, your listeners that even by by nature of them listening to this tells me already that you are interested and open to being connected and to being better at something, whether that be yourself or whether that be some other kind of skill set, and to keep that up, to kind of keep that on the forefront of ways in which you can keep your ways in which you can increase your self-awareness. So just by nature of you listening to this, I know that you are on the right track. Awesome. 
Now I got to share my information. Yeah, let, let them know how they can keep up with you. Okay. Um, so uh, again, I'm Dr. Ayanna Abrams. Um, my website is Ascension Behavioral Health. I'm spelling it for you. Um, so www.ascensionbehavioralhealth.com that has all the information about um, where I am clinically, um, how to reach me, how to work with me um, as a client. I can be located on the Instagrams at Dr. underscore Ayana underscore A. That's D-R underscore A-Y-A-N-N-A underscore A. Um, I can also be found at, on Facebook at Ascension Behavioral Health, but that's usually just me linking stuff from my Instagram. That is the where I pop off the most. So find me on the grams. That's the best way to get to me. I love it. I love it. I love it. We appreciate you so, so much. Um, Wild Black listeners, I hope you got something from this. Uh, I thought it was amazing. Make sure that you go over now and check out You Had Me at Black. They have the personal narratives that go right along with family discoveries that we've talked about today. And as you leave, remember these few things. No one knows the answer. Be compassionate. Remember, you're not responsible for how your feelings make other people feel. And remember to set your boundaries. Take care of yourself and take care of others. And with that, while black, I got, I got, I got, I got one more. Throw to it add. in there, brother. And <laughs> and the last one is sometimes it is appropriate for a throat punch. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say out. throat punch or throat punch? Because there's a difference. Both. There you go. Both. Both work. Both. <laughs> Both. B O F. Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> All right, Wild Black, we out. Peace. We out. Bye. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.